I'm on a date with Jason Manzukis. That's who I'm on a date with. <laughs> okay. Oh. You're on a date with Jason Manzukis. I'm on a date with Aragorn. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> It always reminds me of uh, A Knight's Tale. Sure. That's the first time that I ever heard that song was when I watched A Knight's Tale. Yeah. That's my, that's my flex for the morning. (laughs) That's your, that's your flex. It's a powerful, that's an early, yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, A Knight's Tale is so good. Yeah, I haven't haven't (laughs) experienced it since whenever it came out. A long back. time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Like 20 years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, it's so great, though. Oh, yeah. I, I want to rewatch that. Um, yeah, well, that hello. Fun. Hi, friends. Hi, guys. We're Pop DNA. We're Pop DNA. And we're here DNA today. DNA of the pop. DNA is of the pops. Yes. Of your dad. We are your father's <laughs> your father's. Oh, I just read this uh this uh post this morning, like a Substack post that was about um the theory of like the 1990s dad thriller. <laughs> <laughs> like the dad movies from the 90s that have like this very specific like ideology and like like sure. the the main character is also usually like a very specific type of character. It's yeah, it was fascinating. Oh, that's um, interesting. I highly recommend that you go read this post. <laughs> I love stuff like that. That's yeah. awesome. And it defined. It was so great. Like it defines the parameters of like. So it was like so. Uh, scholars generally agree that the 1990s actually started in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> And culturally, it did not end until 2001. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. so accurate. it starts with, like, the earliest dad thriller that it talks about <laughs> is Die Hard. Uh, and then it theorizes that with the release of The Born Identity in 2001, that was, like, the the last movie that was, like, still kind of a 90s dad thriller, but was starting to transition into, like... The more of the the approach that that action and thriller movies in the two thousands took. So the Born I Identity was that. like was like a transitional uh, work in, <laughs> in the nineties dad thriller. <laughs> yeah, it was super interesting. Uh, you should go read it. Yeah, I really like those <laughs> analytical takes on like yes. the dad or the mom. <laughs> you know, I I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's like I think there's like in parallel there's like a uh this is like my own theory that is kind of based on this but like in parallel there's like the 90s mom rom-com that's sure. like, you know, uh like Jean Belcher says in <laughs> that um Working Girl is like the sassy sister film to Die Hard oh, when they do <laughs> When they do uh, get rich or die trying, get rich or die trying, girl. Yeah. So that, (laughs) so I think that like there's a parallel 
um, trend of like 90s mom rom-coms that we could trace out from the dad thrillers of the 90s. I love mom rom-coms. So I think That's maybe amazing. I need to, maybe I need to like write the the companion article. Yeah. <laughs> about this. Yeah. So we'll, I'll think about that. That's write about those mom rom-coms. Mom rom-com. <laughs> I love a mom rom-com. Um, mom rom-com. Whether the character is actually a mom or not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I think that's a good segue into what are we watching right now? (laughs) What are we watching? Um, What are you watching, Erin? Did you watch any mom rom-coms? I didn't get to any mom (laughs) rom-coms. It's so fun to say. Um, (laughs) But I... (laughs) But I did find a gem of a um, hospital drama that's horrible. Ooh. No, it's like Ooh. really love that. It's like is it bad. Emily Owens, MD? Oh no, I've seen. Oh. <laughs> I've seen photos for that though. Um, I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, it but cute. I mean, it's yeah, it's like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this one is like has all the makings of, this one has everything um <laughs> it has all the makings of like a bad horror movie it's badly Ooh. acted it's badly dramatized and Love also that. like you don't like any of you maybe like one character it's this uh it's called new amsterdam oh i've heard of that it's yeah. horrible and i'm here for it it's <laughs> okay like, so I've heard of that New Amsterdam, and it, it's like an on, like it's still a current show, right? Like it's still ongoing. I was shocked to it... see that it's in its fourth season. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. But I could swear that there was a different show called New Amsterdam, maybe around like 2010 or so. Okay, that was about a vampire. Ooh, and I. Never watched it, and I now I cannot find anything about this show because, like, anytime you try to Google it, it's like the current New Amsterdam show that shows up. So, I don't know if I dreamed this. Did I imagine this? Is this a Mandela effect (laughs) thing? But I, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't tried very hard to find it. (laughs) Maybe it, yeah, maybe I just need to do a deeper a deeper google but anyway <laughs> or you know i'm only two episodes into this horrible show maybe he turns into maybe, a vampire maybe it, well i that's possible but i also <laughs> think that this like this was an older show like this mm-hmm. was a show from like 10 years ago or or okay. or longer that i'm thinking of Interesting. And it didn't have anything to do with like doctors. I don't think. I don't know. I never watched it. But <laughs> interesting. Anyway, I'll, I'll do a poke on the Googs too. Yes, to do that. Because honestly, I really only have spent about five minutes actually looking for it. I apparently don't care enough to spend more than that. But you're a very focused person and your five minutes is different than like <laughs> other people's five minutes. So you've done I don't enough. Know I've done enough to find this phantom vampire show from the early 2010s. the mystery to rest. 
What uh, are you watching? What am I watching? Well, not New Amsterdam. Either version of New Amsterdam. (laughs) The vampire, the possible vampire one that may or may not exist. (laughs) And the doctor one. Um, So... So I uh, I am still in my um, Parks and Rec rewatch. It's love it. Love to just have that on. And you know what? I also recently, uh, I guess like about a week ago, I re-watched this movie called In Time. Have oh you seen this? Oh my god! Have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> have we my talked about it before? I saw it in the theaters and oh could not god. stop laughing. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I think I I watched it like when it first came out on DVD and I was oh very excited to watch it uh, when it first came out. Oh, my God. Um, but for those who do not know, and I haven't seen it since then. So then like when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so for those who do not know, In Time is a I mean, it's technically science fiction, but I guess it's like it's like a science fiction thriller. You know what? It was in. If it had come out in the 90s, it would be a dad thriller. Oh, um, it would be, huh? <laughs> but it was in that same wave of, like, kind of, like, more grounded sci-fi movies that weren't nice. connected to a major franchise in, like, the early 2010s. So yeah. there was also, like, Limitless. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and, like, Source Code. Like, that. it was in that same, like, uh-huh. like batch of movies, right? Um, so In Time is a science fiction thriller starring Justin Timberlake. And like Amanda Seyfried, isn't it? <laughs> and Amanda Seyfried, yes. And oh and Olivia oh Olivia Wilde plays Justin Timberlake's mom. <laughs> 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 because okay, so because the premise is that I don't know if it's like I don't know if they ever do they ever say if it's like the future or if this is just kind of like an alternate world but anyway alternate but i'm yeah i think i think it would have to be because like i don't know anyway so so the premise is that like in this world people stop aging when they reach the age of 25 and the currency (laughs) the currency of this of this economy is time rather than money and so like you stop aging at 25 and everybody is born with like a year of time sort of like in their personal time bank. (laughs) And then like once you hit 25, that year starts counting down. So you have a year and you have to like find ways to, you know, get more time so that you don't die. So, (laughs) so it's so, okay. Like I feel like the premise has potential, right? No, totally. Like it really does. But the thing is the movie just presents it at face value. Yeah. It doesn't give any, like, I don't know. It it feels, I mean, it honestly does, um, like, toward the end, it does start to, like, it's, it's very, like, kind of simple and surface level, but it does present a kind of, like, commentary on, like, you know, capitalism and class warfare and like, you know, because like the really wealthy people have like millions of years saved up in their bank accounts and they could easily give those years away to poor people who are literally going to die in the next hour if they don't get more time. So like it sets that up, but it does it on a very like 
on a very like obvious surface level yeah. that doesn't seem to be interested in like like critiquing reality like <laughs> i don't right. know i don't know maybe yeah anyway but it's it is interesting that this premise exists and i would have liked to see it done in like a way that that had like more nuance yeah. But I mean, this was a Justin Timberlake movie in like 2012. So well, that's the weird. <laughs> that's where it gets weird. Because yeah, the idea of like using time as currency, like, I agree is totally interesting. Mm-hmm. But then it like, what is this casting? And like, it just never yeah. in a lot of ways, I could see it as like a really good anime or like a really mm. good comic book series yeah. or something. But like it, it's or just... maybe just like you know maybe it's in the screenwriting maybe yeah. or maybe like there were so many like maybe the screenplay started out as something that was more nuanced and more yeah. and more of an insightful commentary but then maybe like the studio came in and was like no we can't do that no no like, no we can't critique capitalism are you kidding this is a Hollywood movie so <laughs> yeah yeah um oh but I did also want to note like the one casting choice that almost makes me, like, buy this movie <laughs> is Killian Murphy as the time cop. He's oh, like, yes. Okay, and then, okay, but, like, another thing about this movie that bothers me, though, is that, like, so everybody is supposedly stops aging when they're 25, which I feel like is kind of, like, a cheap excuse to just make everybody in your movie be young and hot. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We have to, because that's the story. But there's, like, (laughs) several casting choices that do not look like they're 25. Like, Justin Timberlake at the time, I'm pretty sure, was at least 30. Yeah. And he's supposed to be 25. Like, that's not that big of a difference. But still, like... Like, you know what? <laughs> you know what, you guys? Just, just mm, you know what? <laughs> I, we have notes. We have first yeah. act notes. We have third act notes. We, we have notes. I, yes, so many notes. Anyway, I watched that movie. Oh, I rewatched that movie. Amazing. And I apparently had a lot of feelings about it. So thank you for letting me rant. Um, I haven't <laughs> even thought about that. My dad and I went to see it when it was in theaters and like I mentioned, we just could not stop laughing the whole time. Yeah. Like it was just from tops to bots, it was just like, Tops to bots. <laughs> it was just an all out disaster and we enjoyed it. Uh, top to yeah. Nick Bottom. Um so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then uh so like I rewatched that movie. Um and that was nice. a tryst. Um but I also wanted to mention, so I am uh I am still watching The Last of Us every week. And the most recent episode was one of the best episodes of TV I have ever seen. So I almost started it last night and then I thought just asleep. wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So the most recent episode um has Nick Offerman. <gasps> if that entices you at all. <laughs> Gosh, I was already so enticed. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I won't say too much about it because I want you to experience it. But yeah, I'm so it was so good. It was so good. (laughs) I'm still thinking about it. I might just rewatch that episode today. I love that. It's so good. Anyway. um, Yes. That's what we're watching. Anything else? Anything else that we're 
I've been You're rewatching watching? Abbott Elementary. I watched, mm. I rewatched the season one finale where they go to the zoo. It's just oh, such so a good. tightly written show. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I love it. When the lizard that Barbara's been visiting at the <laughs> annual field trip since she started teaching the, 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 uh, lizard like gets retired Aww. and then she has this whole like what like this whole am i should i retire like this whole kind of crisis uh-huh. um it's really funny but also poignant and just really nicely done so yeah i oh one other thing that i re a movie that i rewatched which is a pretty a, a pretty uh not frequent but like regular rewatch for me maybe like annually or so um the 1995 Sense and Sensibility starring Emma Thompson oh, it's like yeah. such a comfort movie yeah i just watched that last night uh lovely i love Emma Thompson yeah she's my hero she's my hero i love her she's ex- just like her when i grow up <laughs> talk about a comforting person to watch oh my gosh her. yes i love her are we done with that? We're done with that. I don't think we've said that we're talking about to all the boys I've loved. We before. haven't said that yet, no. <laughs> but hopefully, um, for listeners, if you have clicked on this episode, you've seen the you've title, seen the so you title. know that that is what we're intending to talk about to all the boys I've loved before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that is our intention. <laughs> we're very excited. We love this show. We, we, we yes. love it. Yeah. Do, and I think that... Last time we talked about this, um, neither of us had read any of the books. Yeah. And I I believe that's still the case. Unfortunately, but they look really good. Yeah. I I did attempt to read the first book, and I honestly was not feeling it. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. It could just be because I wasn't, like, in the right, you know, in the right mood to read it or something. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like, this is not to say, like, don't read it, but like... No, sure. It was just, it was just like that one experience with it that I was just like, I don't know, just wasn't uh, feeling it. I don't it. know if this is... I might try again. Enough. Yeah, yeah sure. I might try again. But yeah, so we're mostly talking about the movies, um, the three the three movies for Netflix, um, To All the Boys yeah. I've Loved Before, um, and then To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, and uh, the third movie, To All the Boys... Always in Forever, Laura Jean. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about those movies. Yeah, this is just such an enjoyable watch. I love the performances. Like, it's just, if you haven't seen it, go go watch it. It's really yes, go good. watch. But, Aaron, tell me about your initial reaction or your first experience with this film franchise. Yeah, um, this was a comfort watch for me during our lovely pandemic. Mm, um, yes, yes. Nicole and I texted through the whole thing with our yeah. like whole the, host. The first, of- the first movie is now like one of my rotating sick day movies. I'd like to know. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely wonderful for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Whenever we were all stuck in quarantine, all of our Los Angeles friends would um, like group talk through a movie. Um, And this was one of them. And we had a lot of fun with it. And it just reminds me of like a way that I got through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, A comfort watch. It's also like visually just gorgeous. And all Mm -hmm. of the 
All of her outfits are so cute. It's just <laughs> exactly what I needed at the time. So a big thank you for that, just because we needed things like this in the pandemic. And yeah. this was a gift. What about, yeah, it was. what about you? Well, and I think, so like, I think the first movie came out on like 2018. And, but yeah. then like the second and third movies were like, what, 2021? So, you know, yeah. that was still like height of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think I that definitely contributed to, Yeah. I don't think yeah. I had gotten to it before the pandemic. So then it was like, oh, okay. oh what is this? What is this lovely um, mm-hmm. piece of media? So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what about um, you, my friend? Yeah. So I, um, I, I'm pretty sure I watched it like pretty soon after it first came out, maybe even like you know, like the weekend it premiered or whatever. I, I watched sure. it pretty, pretty quick. Cause I remember that there was like, there was like this thing. I don't know if like Netflix like marketed it this way, but there was kind of a thing about like it was like Netflix's summer of rom coms kind of oh. thing. Cause like this came out and Set It Up came out. And yes. um and uh what was the other one? There's oh, um Always Be My Maybe came out. Like oh. those all came out that same summer. And so, yeah, there were, I think it, I think Always Be My Maybe came out that same year. Um, but yeah, yeah, like there was, it was like a whole thing about like, oh, Netflix is, you know, giving us these like actually really well made, um, yeah. fun rom coms, um, which, you know, I think they're still trying to do, but they haven't quite matched <laughs> the, sure. the level that, that these three, um, were, were able to. I mean, Always Be My Maybe had Keanu Reeves as himself (laughs) like you can't beat that so (laughs) that's become my sick day movie i love it it's a great movie too yeah and i and i remember there was also like this was also the same summer that the movie crazy rich asians came out so there was like it was also like kind of a wave of like asian american rom-coms yeah with with Always Be My Maybe and To All the Boys, which both have, um, you know, Asian, Asian American women as the leads. Um, yeah. So like, that was kind of a big deal too, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So I remember just like, kind of being aware of all of that going on. And then, like, as I mentioned, like, the first movie has become like, one of my comfort movies. Like, I watch it when I'm sick sometimes. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's just uh it's a lovely movie. And when the second and third movies came out, I also watched those like the day they premiered because yeah. of course. Yeah. Um and yeah, like I kind of had a similar like experience to you like in relation to like how, like how they were released you know, during like the height of COVID and how it was nice to have like something comforting to return to that yeah. felt uplifting and yeah it was really nice yeah, yeah. good stuff <laughs> more 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 rom-coms please ramen common yeah ramen mom rom-coms <laughs> mom rom-com <laughs> mom rom-com uh tm <laughs> mom rom-com tm um yes <clears throat> yes 
So we have some ideas of things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Some of them having to do with rom-com related topics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Actually, like, yeah, like looking over a lot of our, a lot of our topics, like a lot of them have to, which is fitting because, you know, this is February. It's the month of Galentine's Day. We are lucky to do a Galentine's retreat next weekend. I'm so excited! Which I'm pretty much living for. I'm living for it. Working for the weekend, uh, Galentine's Day weekend. Galentine's. Um, Yeah, so what is, which topic are you most interested to dive into? I was super excited to go through the history of love letters. Mm. I was really interested in like, when did this specific form of of romantic engagement begin? And I kind of took a quick jaunt. There's actually it's through a Jane Austen website where I first started researching. But yeah, you know how I feel about Jane Austen. She's pretty. She's pretty I great. I like her. You you like her. <laughs> so yeah, the I think of the things I was kind of poking around with. Um, I just wanted to see like, yeah, the history of love letters. A few I have a few like, like really historical ones. Really like. From... Did you read about um, Abelard and Heloise? Ooh no. Oh, they're not a, oh, they're like iconic love letter writers. Let me I can let me make a note. <laughs> That's excellent. This is why we have a ta- a tableau of contents. Um, tableau. A tableau if you will. A tableau. <laughs> yeah, so that that was kind of fun to research. What are you excited about? Well, kind of in a in a similar or related vein, I want to talk about romance novels and yes. romance readers. Yes. Um, because, I mean, the books are, you know, teen romance novels, the movies are rom-coms, um, and Laura Jean herself reads romance novels. So, um, and I think that like something that I really appreciate about how the, how the movies characterize Lara Jean and her love of romance novels is that it would be very easy to lean into the cliche that like, oh, she has unrealistic expectations because she reads these silly romance novels and it never goes there. Right. Which I so which I love so much. Um like, you know, like even like the the opening scene of the first movie where she's kind of having the the fantasy of like a romance <laughs> novel where she's walking through the field in this beautiful dress. Yeah. Um like I feel like that is something that's very appealing and that, you know, doesn't have to lean into this space of like moralizing or making fun of the character for enjoying this it never does that yeah um and so like I think that's such an interesting like balance that it strikes of like recognizing that like yes maybe sometimes Laura Jean is a little bit too caught up in like romanticizing things but it's not because she reads romance novels like that's not that's not the problem right i Um, love that yeah i i really love that because i mean i love romance novels so yeah (laughs) um 
So yeah, so I want to get into a little bit of like the history of romance novels and the history of like how culture and society has perceived romance novels and perceived romance readers. And I haven't done as much like specific research on this because I feel like it's a topic that I have been like researching my whole life. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I do also want to kind of uh, come at it from the angle of like tying that back to how we see romance novels portrayed in To All the Boys and how we see Laura Jean portrayed as a romance reader and how that's sort of part of her identity. So Absolutely. yeah, so that's what that's I think what I'm probably most excited to get into. And I think that that kind of dovetails nicely with your exploration of love letters, because I feel like those are, those are two very like culturally prominent things yeah. that, you know, that, that inform our ideas about romance. Totally. Um, so I think that's, Yeah, I think that'll be really fun. I love that. I'm really excited to hear about it. What else are you what else are you gonna talk about? Um, I also so then springboarding off of what you just said. (laughs) Um We're so good at this. Oh my gosh. We we really are. (laughs) We've Um, really mastered the art of like playing off of each other and then yeah kind of because we don't talk about our topics until like no we don't talk about bruno either (laughs) no 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 (laughs) i would like to talk about how we also don't talk about fight club (laughs) no wait is that a dad thriller (gasps) oh Is Fight Club a dad thriller? I mean, I think yeah. it might be. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> it was also like, at, in if you grew up in Ojai, California, Fight Club. Like, if you watched Fight Club, you were like really cool. Mm, like, yeah. Oh, I watched Fight Club. Well, I think that's probably like if you grew up anywhere in the early two thousands. Good. Was, I'm glad to hear it wasn't because. <laughs> oh, high people can be very pretentious. So I'm glad it wasn't. It was like. <laughs> that and like Donnie Darko. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Like, well, it's interesting cool. that um, Peter Kavinsky tells Lara Jean that they have to watch Fight Club together <laughs> <laughs> when they make their contract. <laughs> of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, what was I talking about? Um, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I really like I just heard the, Fight Club and I was like, oh, oh. Fight Club. Um <laughs> I really like the way that Lara Jean is written. Like so I wanted to talk about like self-efficacy and the romantic relationship and kind mm. of what we get wrong about how we write um specifically female identifying people in relationships. Sometimes um they're seen as they're written like as having no identity outside of the relationship. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. not something that we see here. And I just wanted to look at that dichotomy between like the whole slew of female identifying heroines who are kind of painted in the, into this box that they're only existing in the relationship. And like, they don't really have kind of like the joke on parks and rec where, Anne has a box for every relationship she's, <laughs> she's been in. I think uh-huh. that's a, 
a really prominent thing in how we write romantic relationships. And it's something that is so refreshing that we don't see with Laura Jean. And so I just kind of wanted to dive into her character and how that, how her choices and her reactions to these things feel really different than other romantic leads we've gotten in the past. A little bit of a character study. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You got to bring in the the psych terms, the self-efficacy. Okay. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this at some point, but, um, how did you feel about the ending of the third movie? I haven't watched it yet. You so haven't I'll watched the third know. movie. Okay. I'll yeah, I think you, know you should watch. I, get there. I think that yeah, I think that that story especially will have a lot to inform. Okay. Um, the idea of self-efficacy and and romance. Interesting. Just, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. On my- it's on my to watch list I'm, this week. I'm giving you homework. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I I was already gonna watch it. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you, my friend? <laughs> um. So I also wanted to talk about. So um, I don't know if you have seen um the summer I turned pretty. Yeah. Which is have you did have you watched that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's also based on a book by Jenny Han, um, who's the author of To All the Boys. So I kind of wanted to look at, like, um, at The Summer I Turned Pretty and To All the Boys and kind of look at it through the lens of, like, Jenny Han's writing as, like, semi-autobiography. And um because like there is so I did put a note in here that like I want I I want to be cautious when talking about this topic because I think there's like a really common and kind of like uh unfair tendency to assume that fictional stories are autobiographical when they are written by women sure and especially when they're written by women of color yeah. um i think um i think like mindy kaling has talked about this a lot She's, that like yeah that like people are like Wait, but L- Mindy Lahiri is nothing like you. And she's like, well, no, because Mindy Lahiri is fictional. <laughs> like, it's not Let's me. Let's just underline that. But yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, like, um, so, like, I do kind of want to be, like, like, very careful and very sensitive when talking about this. But kind of going by what Han herself has said of her writing – um, there are elements in both of those stories that she's drawn from her own life and her own experience, which, you know, cool. I think is very, like, that's very natural to, you know, like, I'd yeah. say like at least 50% of authors, um, probably way more than that, are drawing from their own experiences and their own thoughts when they're, when they're writing sure. a fictional story. Uh, like kind of the the biggest like sort of autobiographical element that I see is that both Laura Jean from To All the Boys and Belly, who's the protagonist in The Summer I Turned Pretty, um, they're both um, Asian American, Hapa, so Hapa meaning um, half Asian young women whose cultural and ethnic identities are kind of they're like they're very present and they're very important to their characters, but they also don't like so define their characters as to become like their entire stories. Yeah. And I think that's like a very that's kind of a very defining 
quality of Jenny Han's writing, at least as far as I am familiar with it, is that she has this element of like, you know, because like, because both of those characters are Asian American and specifically they're half Asian and half white. And so like, there's this element in all of these stories of like sort of being of two worlds, um, which I think is really interesting. And I want to explore a little bit more. Yeah. So I think that'll be really, that'll be really cool. And then also, you know, just kind of how both of them are like, both of these stories are about teenage girls experiencing romantic love for the first time and exploring, um, exploring their identities with the romance as kind of a component of that, but not the defining factor. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I loved the summer I turned pretty. It was so so good. It was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Just the title alone, like, oh, oh. Yes. So relatable. Like, oh oh, yeah. Like you just (laughs) you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm uh I guess I guess I I guess I'm pretty now. Like I guess or like you have someone like (laughs) react to you for the first time. Yeah. I feel like most people can think of the time in their life when that happened for the first yes. time. And it's yep. such like a... I can whoa. think of that time right this second. And it's Same. very strange to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your final topic? Which kind of springboards about? off oh. of that. Well, how about oh. that? <laughs> I want to take a... This is a part two for something I think I talked about in like 2018. But the mm. like the psychology of the romantic relationship and... The term second? soulmate? Oh, yeah. Okay. And kind of looking at where like... Because if you... Like the romantic socialization piece and the idea of a soulmate and where do we learn like what that is air quotes going up supposed to look Mm -hmm. like and how we're socialized to like what we're supposed to expect of our romantic relationships what we're supposed to be doing in those romantic relationships and how we break (laughs) out of it so Mm -hmm. um i think that there are so many supposed to's in (laughs) uh, especially as you're a teenager like i remember friends of mine like oh you didn't you didn't do that or you didn't do like (laughs) just like all this weird stuff that had never occurred to me I don't know it's just thinking about how we are socialized into romantic love Um, Uh I think the high school setting is like the classroom for that and you learn the hard way it's really like a it's like a petri dish (laughs) absolutely (laughs) And like, if you take, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. So taking a look at how we learn that and then what to do with that information mm. as we get a little older. Yeah. Um, what about, what's your final topic? My final topic. So actually like moving away from like the general, uh, like nebula that <laughs> that we've been in. Um, moving away from that just slightly, um, I want to talk about the idea of like setting as character and cool. setting as story. So um, the first movie, and I and I think like 
most of the second movie as well, maybe even like all of the second movie, take place in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah. Or actually, I think I think technically they're in um, Vancouver, Washington, which is you know okay. kind of kind of a suburb of Portland. So yeah. like, I feel like there's a very like Pacific Northwest vibe about it. I mean, the weather doesn't exactly match, but that's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> but there is, like, kind of, yeah, like, there's kind of a Portland vibe to it. Um, but then in the third movie, we get to go to Seoul, South Korea, and then a lot of it also takes place in New York City. And, like, oh, those lo- awesome. those locations very much inform like the the story and and like the characters and how um like how the characters are feeling and how they're relating to each other and yeah, yeah. and so like I want to dive into that a little bit I haven't done like a lot of looking into this quite yet I've just found a couple of articles that um like there's one article that I found that's actually from a Vancouver, Washington website that's like about like the different filming locations that cool. were used. And there's a couple other articles that talk about film locations too. So um so I think that'll be interesting. You know, as as Pacific Northwesterners, we yeah. we're we're very proud when um uh, when movies are set here. So we are, yeah. <laughs> it's like we've got Twilight. <laughs> We've got uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, of course. Oh, but yeah. Of course. <laughs> but not much else. So at least not much else in the like rom-com space. So. The mom rom-com. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so excited. Mom rom-com. <laughs> I love deep dives into setting and how it informs yeah. the story. I think that's going to be so cool. interesting. I'm excited yeah. for that. Well, do you think we should take our quiz? Yeah, let's take to our find quiz. out which guy from To All the Boys are you destined to end up with? Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Are you Are you ready to to do the quiz? Yeah, I can. You read, got it pulled up. I can read the first question. Okay. If you want? You read the first question. Go for it. First, pick a way to be asked out. A love letter, mm. a note containing instructions on how to get to a secret location. Oh, it's like the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, being surprised after work or face to face. Um, what is it? What exactly does it mean by asked out? Like this is the first time this person is expressing romantic interest. Is that what it means? Yeah, I th- I'm taking okay. it to mean like yeah, okay. yeah. I think face to face would probably be more normal. Yeah. And I would be totally fine with that. But a love letter is very romantic. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go note containing instructions because I would just be like <laughs> You want it to be like the Da Vinci Code. I'd be a little bit like, what is what? Um What's happening? What, what's happening? Okay. I the All one right, that I'll I do... react to, I would not want to be surprised after. Surprised after I know that's weird. Like it's where weird, did that come from? And you're from? potentially sweaty and probably tired right. and Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um the next question is next, pick a date activity. Ooh. Treating yourselves to a fancy dinner. Okay. Visiting an amusement park. Ooh. Going to a local food festival. 
Or having a romantic picnic. Are we thinking these are activities for a first date or do you know each other? I don't know. It's It doesn't specify. Okay. I would assume a first date because like we just, you know, okay. we were just asked out. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so you know what? I'm, I'm going to say like local food festival. I think that's actually a great first date. Totally. Because you can walk around and talk. And totally. yeah, it's not like high pressure. So yeah, I'm going to say local food festival. I'm going to, that's a really good answer. I'm going to go visiting visiting an amusement park because you can do the like, oh, I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was just such a scary Oh, can ride. you put your arm around me? I'm oh, a little bit scared. Oh, I'm just so scared. <laughs> oh, Use your womanly wiles. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so. Okay. Pick some outfit inspiration. Oh, can you describe these outfits for us, please? Yeah, so we got a, like a really pretty um, ruffly red dress with like pretty ruffles on the sleeves and like an understated pearl necklace. Very pretty, very classic. Mm-hmm. The red is like a deep crimsony, pretty gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The next we have a um, <laughs> like a... She's dressed like Arthur. <laughs> Oh, she like is Arthur hot. Reed, and she's gorgeous. <laughs> so she's pulling it off. Um, she's pulling it off. Yeah, she's got like a white collared shirt with a um, mustard yellow knit vest over it, and then like cute high waisted jeans that are light. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks very comfy but stylish at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I I dig it. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. The third one here is kind of got a plunging neckline. It's like a like a jewel tone almost of a blue um with like a with like a It's a very like a 1950s silhouette. Yeah. It's like the 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 fitted waist with the flared skirt. And I think very she's very classic. She's got like a bold red lip too. Very pretty. Yeah. And then the fourth one here is like a classic 60s 70s hair with like a yellow polka dot um headband and then kind of a cream t-shirt uh tucked into like a like a darker brown skirt it feels very mad men to me it did it is very mad men yeah um so and i am i'm i'm also assuming that this is your outfit for your first date sure let's let's make that that assumption yeah okay so I think I, since I picked the food festival, um, I think that kind of takes out both of the, both of the fancier dresses. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that I would want to do the sweater vest and jeans. Yeah. But the, the skirt and t-shirt combo, yeah. like I wouldn't, I would not pick that particular combo. Sure. But the idea of that, of a t-shirt with a more casual or uh, yeah. more comfy skirt. I do like that idea. So I'm going to go with that one. I'm probably, I can't not go for the red. I think it's so pretty. Yeah. And I like to pretty. be a little bit dramatic. So. Yeah. Oh, a little, huh? Like just yeah. a tiny bit. Just the little <laughs> okay. bit. All right. Next question. Pick the vibe of the date. Aww. Chill chill sweet sexy (laughs) or fun (laughs) Hmm. um you know i think i gotta go with fun i think uh, again with the assumption that this is a first date 
I think we got to keep it light. We got to keep it, we got to keep it fun. Like if, you know, any of those other three things start to creep into it, that's fine. Yeah. But fun, I think, is the most important thing. Absolutely. I'm going to... I'm gonna be a game changer. I'm gonna go sexy. I like a. Sexy You're gonna go date. sexy. Oh. I like a sexy date where you like sexy Aaron. Oh, his hand brushed against me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Would you want to read it? Yeah. Pick a homemade baked good to surprise your date with. Do you want cherry turnovers? Do you want snickerdoodle cookies? Do you want chocolate peanut butter cupcakes or a white chocolate cranberry cookie? Ooh, white chocolate cranberry. Now mm-hmm. I want to go make those. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so again, are we assuming this is a first date? Because, I think so, yeah. Because on on our first date, on <laughs> – wait, who are we on – who are you on a date with in your mind? <laughs> current partner i think think. oh okay i was thinking like totally like (laughs) i was like aragorn am i on a date with aragorn oh no we can do celebrities okay i'm on a date with jason manzoukas that's okay you're on a date with jason manzoukas i'm on a date with aragorn (laughs) this is great (laughs) so what dessert would i bake for aragorn i think he would appreciate a cherry turnover definitely <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Jason um some cupcakes. All right. <laughs> okay. Um and pick some flowers to be given. Aww. To be given to me? Yeah. By Aragorn? <laughs> Jason Manzuk is what you got. <laughs> okay. Um so we'll describe these bouquets. So the first one is like a wildflower bouquet. There's a lot of daisies. Um, like wild daisies, and there's also some, um, some kind of like very like small purple flower. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's very yeah. pretty, very much like a wildflower feeling. And then the second one is some uh, roses, and I think there's some peonies in there as well. Yeah. But they're in like, um, but it's not like a super like structured rose bouquet. It's more like. It's a little bit more organic feeling, and yeah. the roses are different colors. Like, there's some pink, there's some peach, there's some red, and then there's also some, like, some kind of, like, greens in there. I don't know if it's, like, ivy or something, but yeah. there's something going on with that. And then the third one is just a very simple bouquet of sunflowers. Very nice. And then the fourth one is kind of a cross between... The rose bouquet and the wildflower bouquet. Yeah. Um, I w- is, I think, the best way to describe it. Yeah. But it also has, like, some baby's breath, perhaps, and yeah. also some greenery. So, you know what? I think um, for my and Aragorn's date to the food <laughs> festival, <laughs> I would want him to give me the sunflowers. <laughs> I, yeah, I, the sunflowers are really good. I think I'm going to go sunflowers, too. I like All the right. sunflower. Ooh, pick a moment that makes your heart flutter. Oh. He gives you a nickname. He tucks your hair behind your ear. His hand lingers on your back when he's hugging you. Or he grabs your hand as you're walking. Okay, well, I immediately had, like, 
a flutter when I read, he tucks your hair behind your ear. Aww. Is, I eat that shit up, so <laughs> <laughs> like, you go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good move. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. I like the, I had a flutter of over um, the hand lingers on your back. Like oh, the, oh yes, he's still there a too. little bit. Oh, hey. Like he, like he can't quite bring himself to, oh. to like not touch you it's a good move it's a that's a a good one um (laughs) all right head back home and pick a rom-com to watch oh Oh, and look at the look at the choices here yeah they're ones that we talked about set it up um always be my maybe bridget jones's diary or breakfast at tiffany's is breakfast at tiffany's really a rom-com it's kind of just upsetting yeah (laughs) I think it would probably be always be my maybe. I think Aragorn would really appreciate that. Same. I think that Jason Manzuka is probably auditioned for this. So, probably. Uh, yeah. Pick a romantic song to listen to that will become your song. All mm. of me thinking out loud. No. Blue no. or at last. Um, well, we got to go with Etta James. That's the classic. Obviously. Yeah, that's not even a question. Obviously. Um, (laughs) Pick a gift to receive. A locket. A memory. um, Excuse me. (laughs) Coffee breath. A memory box. A special edition of your favorite book. We all know what I'm choosing. And a Funko Pop vinyl figure that's been on your wish list. So I'd like to note that the picture for the special edition of your favorite book is um, a cover of Pride and Prejudice. So, yeah. like, immediately I'm like, okay, the, I, I have imprinted on Jane Austen, so that's of what course. I'm picking. <laughs> I gotta do memory box for the the tea, the tea set that, that Jim gives Pam. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one. Move. Yeah. Okay. And, um, last, and last question. Lastly, pick a way for the night to end. Oh, man. A <laughs> hug, a kiss on the cheek, a makeout session, or something else. Wink. Wink. <laughs> it actually has like a wink emoji. Something else. <laughs> wink. <laughs> um, now I'm just thinking, hmm. what if he just texted you something else with an emoji? <laughs> he just texted that to you. Hey, something else. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. This is tough. For a first date. Yeah. I would want it to be somewhere in between a kiss on the cheek and a makeup session. Sure. Yes. <laughs> but that's not a choice. Um, <laughs> um, I guess we'll go kiss on the cheek. Nice. I'm an old fashioned girl. <laughs> Jason Manzoukas and I are making and, out. And Aaron appreciates that. That's me. <laughs> Oh, who did you get? I got Trevor. I got the yeah, Trevor Pike. Oh, is that um who um her uh her friend Chris dates that that one boy? Is that oh, who that is? I guess so. Is that who it is? I don't know. Hold on, let me let me look it up. I would recognize it if I saw yeah. his picture, I bet, but I can't see his picture because I got somebody else. Um, <laughs> hello, I'm Googling. All right. Anyway, while I wait for Google to decide if it's going to help me, um, <laughs> I got John Ambrose. Oh, nice. I love him. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
did Google decide? Yes, that is who I was thinking of. Okay. Trevor is the is um, Peter's friend, and he um, he and Chris okay um, end up dating. Yeah, cute, 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 cute. <laughs> Nice. Oh, I like this description, too. Um, heck yes, you got John Ambrose. Aww. He's smart, charming, and all kinds of adorable. And even though it'll take him a hot second to ask you out because he's shy, it'll be worth it. Aww. You'll spend your days swapping books, going to cute cafes, and cuddling. That's, That's very cute. the dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have a really good February. Now that we know who are to all the boys... Uh, soulmates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very important quiz. Very I'm very important. glad yeah. that we did it. Well, it's going to be fun. We're going to have, we're going to have a Galentine's Day. Yes. We're going to have a Valentine's Day. And we're going to um, have several other days as well. <laughs> and several other days. <laughs> um, February 14th is actually the day that St. Valentine was beheaded. Sure. Um, sure. 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 So <laughs> we're celebrating the day that a guy had his head chopped off. I'm just love it. Just would like to note that loving it. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what day Ned Stark's head was cut off. Because <laughs> that would be anyway. <laughs> yes. They have a different calendar in Westeros, probably. Um, no, so... that becomes Valentine's Day after it. Happens. That becomes Valentine's Day in the Westeros universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be fun, and I hope that you have fun, listeners. Yeah. And friends. And we'll see you, we'll we'll check you next time. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, bye. I now only say yeah. Have an enjoyable day. <laughs> I was like, are you going to say bye? Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>